Thanks for joining the Capital Church podcast channel. For more resources and to learn more about Capital Church, please visit our website at capitalchurch.co or send us an email at info capitalchurch.co. Hello, church. We're delighted you're here today. I'm here to share a word with you that I believe God put on my heart for this season, this time, and I'm excited to share it with you. I, I want you to kind of settle in, get ready, get your Bibles, get your heart ready uh, to just jump right in. I want to pray before we get started just to kind of put an atmosphere of the Holy Spirit upon us today as we get ready for the Word of God. Father, we just thank you that you're here today. You're going to speak to us. You're going to encourage us. You're going to strengthen us. And I pray that our minds would be clear and our hearts ready to receive the word of the living God. We give it all to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I, I uh, like you, I have been watching all of the news and all of the different activities around the world over the past few weeks. And I've had many people ask me, you know, what's going on? What's, what's happening? This seems like unprecedented times and things that I, I is the world coming to an end? And, and what in the world is going on? And I, uh, I, I want to give you my take on all this. It's not, actually not my take. I believe it's God's take, the Holy Spirit's take. And I want us to go into Scripture and see what Scripture says. Now, I've, I've mentioned this before. Too many of us take history for granted, and we do not understand the impact of past days on our lives, and that's why I want to go to Scripture and see what history tells us. Uh, we can either watch history uh, being made, or we can make history, and I believe that as believers, God wants to institute and put in us such a spirit of faith that we would be able to see what God is saying and doing in this day and, and season of life. Uh, I, I don't believe that God is, uh, is kind of on vacation. I don't believe that he's uh, uh, just falling aside and letting everything happen. I think he's very involved in all this. And I, I, I often have seen this all throughout history. When things are the darkest in the natural, that's when God shows up every time. You think about uh, the crossing of the Red Sea with Moses. You think of, of uh, David and Goliath. You think of, of Daniel and the lion's den. You think of, of, uh, of Esther. You think of, of Ruth. You think of the different stories in the Bible with Deborah. You think of Gideon. You think of the different uh, many, many stories. In fact, almost every book of the Bible has some major event that was so dark, so terrible, that we thought the world was coming to an end. But God was saying, no, this is my time. Stand back and see the salvation of your God. So I want to just share with you, God, I believe God is calling history makers to step forward here in America and around the world. I think God is about ready to open up some pathways to heaven that we're going to see some of the greatest miracles we've ever seen, some of the greatest testimonies of God's goodness we've ever seen. 
There's more prayer happening around the world today than any time in your lifetime and in my lifetime. Do you think God is just, just ignoring all those prayers? No, I believe he is using those prayers and he's going to pour them back upon the earth and bring about some of the greatest awakenings that we've ever seen. Last night as I was praying, we have prayer watches during the night and I was in the 12 o'clock midnight prayer watch. And as I was praying, I felt the Lord speak to me and, and say to me, start believing and praying for a healing awakening. And then I just uh, uh, felt him say, and then he opened my heart and said, start praying and believing for an awakening revival so that we can see healing revivals, awakening revivals. God's going to show up. In fact, he's, I think he's already prepared everything uh, that's going to happen. He's just kind of uh, getting the troops ready, you might say. I remember uh, uh, in my history over the years, that's, it's, it's my background, that's kind of my wheelhouse, is, is history, both U.S. history, world history, Christian history. I, I remember hearing about Karl Marx. Karl Marx said, if I can steal their history, I can steal their country. And we see it uh, uh, a move not only in our country, but in countries around the world where they're trying to destroy history, trying to get rid of history. This is not who you really are. This is the, and they're trying to rewrite it. They're trying to do things that will, that will uh, uh, cause there to be <clears throat> a destruction of history. Because if you can steal history, you can steal their country. Roots are powerful. Foundations really matter. And that's why, uh, he, uh, I, uh, excuse me, Psalms 11.3 says, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? So I believe that God is attempting to get us to look back, look at our history, and see what our foundations really are. Th that is why I believe there, there's such a move today towards looking at our ancestry and researching ancestries because people are interested in who they are and in their history. David comes along. One of the greatest stories of the Old Testament it was David and Goliath. We see this, this play out in, in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17. We see that there was a giant that came against the nation of Israel. And the entire army was quaking in their boots. In fact, Saul was scared to death. He was probably the one that should go down and take on the giant, but he was scared. He didn't do it. And the whole nation was in great fear. Well, David comes upon the scene, and, and God had done something in his heart in past days. He knew what his history was. Therefore, when he came upon this scene of the army of Israel scattered before him, and the giant coming out every day and, and calling out to them and demanding that they send a, a warrior to fight him so he could destroy them. David comes along on this scene, and he says maybe the, one of some of the greatest words in a short phrase I've ever heard in my life. 1 Samuel 17, 29, it says, what have I done now? And then he says, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? Years ago, I heard this, and I couldn't understand the, the totality of it until I started looking at the Hebrew word for this word, cause. The word cause here in the Hebrew means history. It means history. So David was saying, is there not a history? Is there not a, a history that we can call on to? He says, don't we have a history worth believing in and fighting for? That's what David was saying. 
Is there not a history of faithfulness from our God that brings enough confidence that we can face this giant? See, he had something in his heart that had been planted there. He knew that what God was up to something. Though it was the darkest days of Israel, it was the brightest days because he had an understanding of history. So what about our history? What about our history, biblically speaking? Well, what, what has God done in the past? What has he done with, what did he do with Abraham, with Isaac, with Exodus, with Joshua, with Caleb? And we can go on and on. We have history on our side. And that's why David said, is there not a cause? And he also had, and he recounted it then, if you go on further, which I'm not going to read the entire chapter, I encourage you to read the entire chapter. But he goes on and later in that chapter, and he recounts his own personal uh, killing of the lion and the bear. In other words, he had two smaller giants that came along, and he was able to overcome them, to, to destroy them. And, and he said this, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. He said it with faith. I think we've got to be more vocal in our faith, more declarative in our faith. And that's what David said. He said it out loud so everyone could hear. We have our own stories. You have your own story today. You have your own story where the Lord has delivered you, where the Lord has healed you, where the Lord has helped you. And so we have our own story. Surely the Lord will deliver us again. He is up to something. Our history tells us so. It is, it is inherent within our history. History is powerful. It can be built upon. But David wasn't just a history rememberer. He was a history maker. So we got to remember our history, and then we have to join with the Holy Spirit in our day to make history. And that's what David began to do. Maybe David was thinking about us today, what we would encounter. Maybe he was telling us, is there not a cause or a history for you? Are we not writing history today? 1 Samuel 17, verse 45 kind of gives us a brief resume of what David said. I love, you, you need to go through this entire chapter to see all the words David said. He's a man of faith. He's only a, probably a teenager at the time. But David said to the Philistine, you come to me with a sword, a spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have taunted. This day the Lord will deliver you up into my hands and I will strike you down that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. Man, we should be saying the same thing. We should be going up against our giants. There are giants in the land. But every time a giant comes, God has, gives us the ability to speak to it, to declare we have a history and we're going to be victorious over it. What we do today will have a profound effect upon tomorrow, upon our children, and upon our grandchildren. God's future reputation and Israel's legacy were being determined by the decisions that David and his generation were making. What a cause, what, what a history. Our future reputation and legacy are being determined right now by our decisions that we are making. What a cause in a history we have. We got to step out like David with great faith, declare it, and begin to move upon it. And can I just say this to all of us? Guess what? History is on our side. 
It's on our side right now. We have God proving to us over the course of, of generations that every generation that comes forward, he, has a, he not only has a cause, he has a history, he has a plan, he has a purpose, and he will be victorious. God has never lost a battle yet. What about the giants that we're facing today in America, you might say? What, well, this just seems impossible. Well, let me ask you the question. Do we have history on our side? Yes, we do. We have history on our side in the United States. And I can go back. This is, this is what I've studied over the years. And as I go back in history, uh, those who are, uh, who are the founders of our nation, they're screaming to us now, yes, you have a history. The pilgrims are screaming it. The, the Puritans are shouting it. Our founding fathers are shouting it. They were people who believed in God. That yes, there are antichrist forces trying to rewrite American history. I call it revisionist history. It has happened all through our history. Those that will not take the truth of what our history, our nation was founded on. And as the founding fathers of America declared their independence, we just went through July 4th, our Independence Day, just last week. And as our founding fathers uh, declared their independence from England, they also acknowledged at the same time their dependence upon God. Read the Declaration of Independence. They were very much aware that God was the author of their existence. They relied on God to provide the wisdom and leadership necessary to create and maintain a new nation. I know. I have read their works. I have read every, do you know there are over 15,000 sources of founding fathers' works written about biblical interpretation in just, uh, just over a few years. They relied on God to provide that wisdom, to provide leadership, to create and maintain this new nation. The Declaration of Independence says, for the support of this declaration with a firm reliance on the protection of the divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. They pledged that before God. And after signing the declaration, this is one of the greatest stories, you need to read it. After signing the declaration, some wept while others bowed their heads in prayer. Samuel Adams rose and said, we have this day restored the sovereign or restored God to whom alone men ought to be obedient. He reigns in heaven and from the rising to the setting sun may his kingdom come. Wow, what a history. Now I could go on and tell you story after story of the miracles that occurred to bring our country and our nation into existence. Outside of Israel, no other nation has had the beginning that America has had. God gives every nation the, the privilege of doing that, but only a few grab a hold of it and determine their destiny through it. Was God involved in the history of America? Yes, indeed. We have the, the, the story of George Washington in battle. I don't know if you know this. This is the most amazing story. He was fighting the Indians in the... In the, the uh, uh, areas uh, out, out west at that time, and as he was fighting, they would fire shots at him. And the Indian chief who was there leading the charge against him, years later came to George Washington and said, we saw you as we shot you, we knew that the bullet was, was, was going to hit you and destroy you, but your God had a hand on you and delivered you. This is the chief saying this to George Washington. I'm telling you, is there not a history? 
Yes, there is. It's a history of dependence upon God and of his faithfulness toward this nation. Now, let me say this. Our forefathers were not perfect. None of us have been, and none of us will be. We are imperfect beings, and there's always historical situations that are not good. There's corrupt. But I'm telling you, God had his hand on our nation in the very beginning because the overruling role of God in their lives cannot be denied. Once you read the documents, you will see. And as we fight now for our godly purpose in America, not only is there a a history from which to draw, but there is a history to be written. We are still writing history. And we hold the pen. Our our, Our previous generations don't hold the pen. We hold the pen. And we have the opportunity to write our history. There are forces bent today on altering our God-given future and to transform us from a Christian nation to a secular one or ungodly antichrist nation. God will hold us responsible for the history that we write. Yes, it's our watch. And we've got to do our part as believers, as Christians, to rewrite or to write our history. God doesn't expect the ungodly to write it, he expects the godly to. Our destiny is in jeopardy. Our destiny is to be an example of what God will do for a nation whose God is the Lord. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach unto any people. Our destiny is in jeopardy. We were meant to partner with God on earth. That's what the kingdom of God is. When you're born again, you become a believer, but you're thrust into the realm of the kingdom of God, and God asks you to become a partner on the earth, becoming a light to the other nations, the other peoples, the other people groups, and we're to send the gospel of Jesus Christ from these shores of America to the ends of the earth. We, we, we cannot become an exporter of evil as we have, have become in, in recent years. We, we cannot uh, uh, take the, the thoughts and, the, and, and those uh, uh, worldviews that, that ex-Jesus uh, or God out of our, our lives. Life has become so cheap. Life has become uh, so, people are so willing to cut people's lives shorter, not even to allow some lives to come forth, such as uh, taking babies from the womb and, and putting them in the dumpster. We, and unfortunately, we, 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 we could be writing a nauseating uh, history, one over which our children or grandchildren will weep. The headlines of future generations might read the loss of a godly heritage or America, the forgotten dream or once great America destroyed from within. I'm I'm telling you right now, I don't believe that headline is going to be written. I believe that God has put upon us and there is enough remnant people in America who are believing in him that we're going to write history and we're going to join with God to uh, see a great, that one of the greatest moves in all of history happen in our day. Why, why don't we become history makers and, and change these headlines? Though much ground, I believe, has been lost, there's still time. There is still time. This land belongs to God. The earth is the Lord's in the fullness thereof, the Bible says. Uh, we can alter the course of history by recognizing what God is doing for us right now and go back in history and recount what he has done and begin to recite what God is going to do now. We must become like David. 
as I just uh, mentioned, and determined that we have had enough of the taunting giants coming against us in the name of their gods, let's come to the giants in the name of our God and believe God and see him move great, great, in great ways. Romans 5.20 says it this way. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. That's what, that's what God is saying. Where there's great sin, he's much more active. He's working his way. The word cause can be translated also in this, this, uh, this phrase that David says, is there not a cause? It can also be translated promise. Is there not a promise? Is there not a promise? Don't we have some promises from God that we can stand on in this critical time of history? I believe we do. Deuteronomy 28.7 says, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They shall come out against you one way and shall flee before you seven ways. I'm telling you, it's time for the church to rise and write history. Joshua 1, verses 3 and 5, says, Every place in which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you just as I spoke to Moses. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. And just as I've been with Moses, I will be with you. And I will not fail you or forsake you. I believe that's God speaking to us today. He will not fail us or forsake us. We have clear promises from God. I could go through scripture after scripture of what God is saying to us right now. And let's claim these promises and go after these ugly, godless giants. It is our right as believers. We have promises to claim and a history to build on. Now's the time, and just like David, that we must face the giants in the name of the Lord, knowing the history and the promises of God are on our side, not the enemy's side. And history is in our hands. I, I just want to say it this way. Just step up and be a history maker. We're going to talk about what that means in just the next few minutes as we, as we close out this message. We, we're at a historical crossroads, I believe, right now. America is. Decisions we make now will determine our history for years to come. There are pivotal moments in a nation's history. I don't care what nation you are. There are pivotal moments in a nation's history. Like I call them kairos moments or God-appointed moments of time. When things are critical and things are strategic, I think we're there. Decisions made at these times are much more far-reaching in scope than is normal. And we're at a, we're at a, a time in history, a kairos moment, that God is, is shaping things for the future and shaping things in us to, to create victories that we would never have believed. Decisions made at these times are, are, are amazingly powerful. We may be an Esther generation for all we know, born to shift history. Esther's generation shifted history. Or maybe we're Israel at the Jordan River, whatever it is. I believe God has us here for this time and purpose. Will we cross over? And will we take our promised land or are we going to die in the wilderness? We've got to make that choice. Luke 19.44 says it this way. You did not recognize the time of your visitation. Now, interestingly, this is Jesus speaking to Israel. The word visitation, which is fascinating, is, is the Greek word episkopa, which is the word for bishop, overseer, superintendent, or shepherd. Jesus was actually saying, 
I came at that time to cover you and to be your shepherd and bishop again, but you did not see me. I wanted to take you, he would say it like this, I wanted to take you as a mother hen and would take her chicks and wrap you under my wings, covering and protecting you, but you did not recognize that time. God seems to be saying to us today, will you receive me back? Will you receive me into your nation as your shepherd, as your bishop, as the, as the hen coming to protect the chicks? Will you once again become a nation under God and with me? What's our decision going to be made? You see, we're not here to change culture by invoking cultural things. We're here to address issues in the name of God. And as we do, as David said, we will come against the giants that are actually uh, arrayed against God himself. See, the battle is against God, and we're, we're standing with him. And so they stand against us. What's going to be our decision? Are we going to be apathetic and complacent, as many have been? You see, the problem in America is we have sought for security and comfort instead of seeking for the, the purpose and the plans of God. So we're, we're pursuing wealth and we're pursuing security and, and comfort around us. We, we need to, to align with God and say, whatever you have for us in this hour, we want to be history makers and we want to write history. Now, interestingly enough, in the, in the Old Testament, you'll see uh, uh, stories of, of, of great uh, uh, movement. And interestingly enough, all of us who are believers are called the children of Abraham. Now, Abraham was a cause-minded, history-making, crossing-over guy. He really was. Genesis 14, 13 says, Abraham, the Hebrew. Now, why in the world would it name Abram the, the Hebrew? Why was he called a Hebrew at that point? That was way before the Jewish nation was in place. The word for Hebrew is abri, which originates from the word abar, meaning to cross over or into, to pass by or into. It means moving from one place to another, to pass over or cross over from one place to another. It also means to penetrate. It means penetrating territory. It means even penetrating the human heart. In fact, one translation speaks of it as being pregnancy. And a bar experience or a crossing over experience with God can be so significant that we find ourselves pregnant with a new nature, a new mission, and calling or understanding. Abraham was a Hebrew. He was a crossing over guy. He was a guy that had a mission because he chose to cross over with God, moving from the old into the new. I believe that this generation, us, we have been called as Abrahams to our generation to cross over, to make the movement, to allow God to be make pregnant in our hearts, new vision, new mission, new calling, and new understanding. We're to go from the old to the new. Hebrews 11.8 speaks of Abraham. Let me just read this to you. It says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. Wow, that's quite a statement. God calls him and he goes out not knowing where he's going to go. But that was the, the characteristic that God uh, had for, for Abraham's life. And these are characteristics, I'm going to give these to you, 
out of this verse. These are characteristics that Abraham had as he was a Hebrew at heart. He was a crossing over person. And he was, he was moving into the purpose of God. Now let's, I'm going to give you five things as I close today. As we, as we see ourselves rewriting history, as, I, as we see ourselves as the remnant of God, you see, God doesn't need everybody. God just needs a remnant. You see this in the story of Gideon. You know, what was it, 33,000 people responded. But God whittled it down to 300. Why? Because he knew that he, with 300 he could overcome. God doesn't need every person in the church, but he needs those who will believe and be willing to rewrite history. And let, let me just talk about, in a, in a few minutes here, the crossing over uh, characteristics of Abraham that he had. And this is what I believe we need to have. Uh, the first thing we must understand that is that each generation must have its own crossing over time. In other words, they, they, have, to have, they have to decide, they must choose their own destiny. Every generation is giving an opportunity to make a decision. Joshua's generation was given the option to cross over the Jordan or stay. They decided to cross over. They saw that their parents died in the wilderness and they weren't going to be there anymore. They wanted to cross over. God was saying, you aren't a Hebrew just because your grandfather Abraham was. You are a Hebrew when you choose in your heart to cross over. And I say that to you today. You were a Hebrew or you were a follower of Abraham, not just because Abraham was named as a Hebrew, but because you want to cross over. You want to rewrite history. You want to move forward in the new things of God. And so every generation must have its own crossing. And I'm saying right now, let's make our crossing happen as we, as we believe in God, as we stand with God. As we saw the previous generation, they, they died in the wilderness and they had destiny lost. Uh, we, have to, we have to make a decision. Are we going to go for it? Are we going to move to the crossing over with God? Because I believe we have a rendezvous with destiny. But we've got to step out and shed all the desires for just security and comfort and stand up and do what God is calling us to do. Secondly, God, God always crosses over ahead of us. Joshua 3.11 says, Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing over ahead of you into the Jordan. Every time God wants you to go someplace, he's already there. He's already gone over. He's already made the way. And we saw this with the Jordan River parting, and they walked across on dry land. When we're willing to cross into our inheritance, face the giants and possess the land, God promises to cross ahead of us, preparing the way. God has already gone before us. The Lord was already at Jericho before they got to Jericho. He had already put the plan together before jo Joshua even knew about it. The captain was waiting for them. He'd already decided what was gonna happen. Joshua didn't have to develop the strategy. He didn't even have to come up with the plan. God already had it. I'm telling you, God already has the plan and strategy for us to be victorious in this day. There is no giant, no difficulty, no circumstance, no historical component that can come against us and stop what God wants to do if we will agree with him and cross over with him. When we decide to repossess America or any other nation, we will find that our source of victory has already gone before us. He's waiting for us on the other side. We also see the third thing here in this crossing over uh, with Joshua, which represents Abraham. 
They, they, they crossed over, and their crossing over actually terrified the enemy. I, I'm telling you, in Joshua, this story is very telling. Rahab told the spies how terrified the people were of them. Their hearts melted, and no courage remained in any man. Satan knows that he can never stop us by overpowering us. He will try to stop us through fear and through complacency and deceit and sin and moral depravity. That's the only way he can destroy us from within. He knows he can't overcome us because God, if God be for us, who can be against us? And we see that the enemy, I'm telling you, the enemy right now is fearful of the church grabbing a hold of this message today and saying, yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write my history. Yes, I'm going to be a history maker. Yes, I'm going to be a crossing over person. Yes, I'm going to be one of those who, who says, is there not a history? Is there not a promise? And that's what God is waiting for. Uh, Satan's most effective assault, I believe, in America has been in bringing about a shift in our perspective on truth. Many Americans, in fact, most Americans, have chosen to reject absolute moral truth in favor of relativism. I've, I've, just, I've been studying this uh, intently the last few weeks. Do you know that Gallup uh, did a poll just recently, found out that 13% of American, no, excuse me, 9% of American Christians have a Christian biblical worldview, only 9%, which means that only 9% truly believe that there are moral absolutes. And I, I just find that just shocking. And I believe part of it is because we have, we have given over our children and our teaching to the world and to those that want to indoctrinate our young in the ways of the world. I, I remember when I was a, when I was a, a youngster, we had, we had Sunday school, we had children's church, we had, I had, we had catechism, we would learn all these things. I, I, I don't know, I believe we need to get back to that where we're teaching such, uh, such powerful doctrine that it's, that it's deep within our, uh, the hearts of our children so they will raise up to be those who believe in a biblical worldview that will stand for God and rewrite history during their time. Now this belief system in, in, in a lack of absolute moral truth results in the notion that a pers each person is the center of the universe. And they're responsible for determining what is right and wrong, what's appropriate or inappropriate. That's not what the Bible says. God has never predicated revival, deliverance, or the healing of a nation on the action of unbelievers, but rather on his people. And he's waiting for his people to arise with faith and truth, standing on the truth in a biblical worldview, and say that we are ready to stand with God. So right now the enemy works on lulling us to sleep. He, 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 he's trying to tell us that the, the, the task is too big. You know, you're, you're, you watch, in fact, I think we're watching probably too much news and, and, and too much activity. Unless you're praying it, you shouldn't be watching it. But I, I, the, the task before us seems to be daunting and too big. So the enemy causes complacency and apathy to, to, to take place. But I'm telling you right now, you know who's really scared? The enemy's really scared. The enemy is scared that you will catch the vision. You will catch the promise. You will catch a hold of the history that God has for you. And when, when you do and you cross over, his days, are, his days are over. The fourth thing that we see here as we come to a conclusion, crossing over requires great faith. The crossing of the Jordan River was at flood stage at this time. It was, 
it was a, a huge flood. Now, why didn't God have them go over during the, during the lower time of the year when the river was smaller? They say the river might have been a mile wide. Joshua 1-2 says, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, rise and cross this Jordan. And they were going to have to cross a raging, flooded river, probably a mile wide, and it was going to take great courage. Now, I'm telling you right now, why hasn't God shown victory in America over the past few years and destroyed the enemy? Because he's waiting for us. He's waiting for the flood stage to get strong and large. So we'll have to have faith and courage. He wants faith and courage in your heart and in my heart so we can cross. And in crossing that way, we will be victorious. He's requiring that faith. He's requiring that courage. He asked them to cross over right at Jericho. Now, you have to understand, Jericho was the most fortified city in all of the promised land. Why, when the, why in the world would he have them cross over at Jericho? Because he knew he was going to get the victory. And when, when the victory comes, it always comes against the most fortified city at the most flood stage time, at the most difficult time, seemingly in the natural, but that's when God shows up. That's what happened to David. God showed up with David and destroyed, or destroyed Goliath. That's what he wants to do today. He asked him to cross over to Jericho and destroy Jericho. God doesn't start with the easiest most of the time, but the hardest, which requires great faith and causes us to grow up and to mature. We need great steps of faith right now. You need to grab a hold of your life. The Bible says faith comes by hearing the word of the Lord. You gotta hear the word. You gotta, you gotta fill yourself with the word. You gotta say the word and declare the word out, out loud. That's why David said it out loud. And so we need to do the same thing. Whatever assignment you may have, it will require that you rise up in faith, accept your assignment, and take the necessary steps to fulfill it. That's God's call in your life. And the last thing I want to just mention here today, and I hope you're catching a hold of this, the fifth thing is we, crossing over requires preparation. Taking on giants and changing nations requires preparation. Joshua 1.11 says, prepare provisions for yourselves. For within three days you are to cross this Jordan. You're to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you. In other words, you've got to prepare. Making history means planning. Now, God already has the plan. But he wants to give it to us, and we have to put together the provisions and the plan to make it happen. In order to change this nation, we must make preparations by altering how we think, the way we live, and where we spend our time and our money. Some of us, were way too engaged in the world. God has given you opportunities with money and resources and, and, and talent and time to do things. You need to step out and do it. Your assignment is being given to you. We, we will need to care more. We're going to need to pray more. We're going to need to serve more. We're, need, we're going to need to give more. When the nation goes to war, it makes preparations for war. I remember my parents telling me during, during World War II how everything was being rationed out, how they couldn't have, they didn't have tires usually. They had to wait for some time to, to get tires and other basics that because there was such a war uh, footing that they were on and they had, to have, they had to ration because they were making preparations for war. War costs something. A lot of things will change and a lot of things must change. And I'm talking to you right now. 
I'm talking to everyone here in my voice right now. If we are going to overcome, and God has a plan, he has a strategy, but I believe if we're going to see it happen and happen with the miracles that we think it is, we have to have planning and preparation. There will be adjustments pertinent to our lives and the calling God has given you. You got to step out. You got to start. You have to stop thinking the way you have been thinking. You need to stop complaining and, and you know, getting in all these pity parties. And you got to step out as a, as a David and start facing your Goliath because you have a Goliath that God wants you to overcome. And he's going to give you a stone to destroy him. He's going to give you the plans and the purposes. Everything changes when God gives an assignment. And he's trying to get your attention right now. God is giving us an opportunity, I believe, in this nation to cross over with him and to write history that he desires for America and for the world, for that matter. Let's become cause-minded. Let's become history-minded. Let's be Hebrews at heart and cross over. Let's change our thinking. I, I think we need to change our behavior. We, we need to have actions that match up with, with victorious uh, uh, giant killers. And let's become history-minded and promise-minded. God is already out front of us. He's already moved forward and he's already got the plan in place. Let's get the provisions ready. Let's get the planning ready. Let's begin to pray and seek God and see what he will do. Let's join with God and see the greatest victory ever seen in history. I'm here to tell you, in my heart of hearts, I know this is true. I believe God has spoken to me about this, and I believe every, every prophetic leader and, and leader that I know that I've talked to, they feel the same way. God is preparing us to be history makers, and with our pen, write the history of America and the world that future generations will look back on and say, look what they did. I'm here today to tell you that if David did it, we can do it. We are history makers. Is there not a cause? Is there not a history? Is there not a promise? Yes, there is. And I challenge you right now, let's become the remnant of God, the church of the living God, and I want, you, I want you right now, I, some of you, you, you just need to have a major alteration of your thinking, major alteration of your behavior, major alteration. We are crossing over, at least some of us are. Let's believe that we're all Hebrews and let's get across that river. Let's overcome Jericho and every other city that God wants to give us. This is the time of the history makers to arise. I want to pray with you right now. I want to ask God that he'll stir your heart and that there will, there will come in your heart a, a motivation and a passion to, to apply what we talked about today. Join with me, if you will. Father, I'm praying right now by the power of the Holy Spirit that there will come into our hearts a newfound uh, a motivation, a newfound passion. Lord, that, that you would replace, uh, Lord, those things that we've been putting our trust in. You would replace and alter our thinking. You would, you would uh, cause us to be those who change behavior that would match up with you, Lord. I believe that this is an hour and a day that, that we could look back on if we will do this. We could look back on as the greatest days of our lives. So, Father, come right now. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, do something in our hearts. It will change us forever. Lord, everyone that's listening to my voice right now, let there be a, a, a movement in our hearts. Let the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, come. Do something deep within us and let us make decisions 
and make uh, uh, alterations and behavioral change that will match up with the passion that you're putting in our hearts. We thank you right now. Holy Spirit, anoint. Let the anointing break every yoke that would restrict the hearing and the application of this word today in Jesus' name. Now, Father, I, I want to I pray for one other group, if you, if you would, right now. There's several of you right here listening to my voice that uh, uh, you haven't made that, that initial uh, commitment to Jesus Christ. You may have tuned in today accidentally. I, I don't know what your, what your story is, but many of our stories come from, from dysfunction. Many of our stories come from difficult situations, but I'm telling you right now, God is calling you, and you tuned in today because God wants you as one of his children, as, as, as a part of the kingdom of God and a, and a citizen of his kingdom. So I want to pray for you. If, you. if that's you right now, I want you to pray this prayer with me, and I want you to make note of this, even online, that you made a decision for Jesus Christ. So pray with me this prayer. Dear Father, I give you my heart right now. I ask that you change everything in me. I commit my life to you because I believe you're my Savior and you're my Lord. Lord, make everything brand new and make me a follower of Jesus Christ. Give me renewed passion, hopes, dreams, and a new life. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. I, I, I hope that you uh, receive this word today. I would encourage you to go to 1 Samuel chapter 17 and read this chapter and this story over and over again. And then go to Joshua chapter, uh, chapter 2, I believe it is, chapter 1 and 2, and read about how they crossed over. God bless you. May you have a great victorious week, and may God give you victory over your giants. In Jesus' name.